How's everybody doing this morning? It's good. How's it? I'm, I'm going to talk about today. How many want their lives changed? Tremendously. How many want to really experience a full blessing, not a partial blessing of God? How many want promotion on their jobs? How many want favor with people? How many when you walk in a place, people pay one thing, you pay something different because you have the favor of the Lord on you? What I'm going to share today is what a virtue that's missing today, I believe, in society that will just wreck your life first, but it'll change your life tremendously. And if we've been going through this series, love is, love honors, love these things. Today, love honors, the word honor. We're going to unpack that today because I want you guys to walk in the victorious life that Christ has for each and every one of us. And the world says if you want to gain, you get. The Bible says you want to gain, you give. And when we talk about love, we talked about the very beginning. Love is a verb. It's not a noun when it talks about the kingdom of God. It means love, you do something action-wise. Because we had a love of Jesus who did something for us, set us all free. He didn't sit there on the, uh, in, the, in the Bible and say, well, guys, I think I'll set you free. I, can't, I think I'll set you free. I'll set you free and nothing happens. He came in the form of man, spent 33 years on his earth, gave his life on the cross, died for our sins. So those who are condemned and those who give their life to Jesus will be born again. Last time I checked, that is the ultimate philosophy or if you want to call it meaning of love giving it all so when we talk about love honors i want you to really dial your heart into what god's trying to say to you because again all of us can walk in the fullness of jesus all we have to do is make a little turn we're not far off but this word here that we always read over or we don't even see it in society is missing today and we're going to talk about that today. Amen? Amen. All right. Then we're going to do something special at the end of the service. We're going to, pray. We're going to honor some people who are leaving to uh, further their careers, military career in another place. So let's do this. I got this here, this, this meaning. In fact, I got this quote from the Virginia Military Institute. It says this, when honor lives, a nation thrives. When honor lives, a nation thrives. I add something in. When honor lives, a city A state and a nation thrives. This came from the Virginia Military Institute because of the fact that they had a a conference last year and they had one this year called Cheating, Lying, and Honor. And what they did, they came together. They wanted to know what was happening in America in our schools where cheating is at an all-time high versus people studying and taking shortcuts to cheat. What do we need to do to change this? And they had some interesting things. This was their quote from last year. This was their theme from last year about when honor lives, a nation will thrive. Because where there's this this honor, there is no nation or cooperation. And we're all suffering from no cooperation, aren't we? Every time you pick up the newspaper, we're hearing how you don't cooperate in Washington, D.C. I'm not political. It causes effects here in Abilene, Texas. And all it is is one big word. If we will learn to honor and love one another, things will take place. Not fighting. Not getting our rights. But giving God his honor and glory. And there's a story I want to share with you in the Bible that Jesus had to go through that also when he came here on the earth. 
He had to go through um, people in his own city. Wow, you not just got this thing and she just, there it goes. All right, let me turn it this way. I should have practiced this before I came out. Let's go to Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. This is Jesus. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. It says this. This is Jesus. He went away from there and came to his hometown. And his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are much mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Jose, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to him, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown among his relatives, in his own household. He can do no mighty work. You want to circle that. He can do no mighty work there except he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled at the, of their unbelief. And he went among the villages teaching. Now, you got to understand, this is Jesus' hometown. In fact, this is the second time he went. If you look in the book of Luke, chapter 4, when Jesus, after he came out from being tempted, went to his town and read the passage from Isaiah in the synagogue. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to heal me to do all these things. And he had such a great reception from his own city. They decided to take him to the end of the cliff and, pull, and push him off. That would mess up your self-esteem, wouldn't it? Well, you got to give it to him again. He says, okay, let me go back the second time. Now, you got to know about this Nazareth. There was only 500 people there. So there would have been a great revival with 500 people they believed Jesus. And Nazareth was not a pure Jew city. It was a little mixed. A lot of people didn't like him. Jerusalem didn't like Nazareth because of all the mixtures of genders and, and mixtures of uh, religions. And uh, it wasn't all Jew. He had some Gentiles there. And it wasn't worth what they say. It wasn't a big city. It wasn't a worthy city. But the Lord was in that city. That makes it worthy. That makes it honorable. And you look at some things. You know how it is. He grew up there as a carpenter. 30 years. He didn't start his ministry after, until thir- the first 31 years old. That's when he started his ministry. He was a carpenter among them, building things. Didn't make a lot of money. Carpenters weren't recognized as the breadwinners. But it was a simple, humble life. And he served there. But it's interesting that people rejected him because of the messenger, not the message. They saw a carpenter, they didn't see God. A lot of times when we, God wants to speak to you, he'll send a message in a person or a thing you might not like. That you'll concentrate so much on the messenger, you miss the message. You'll criticize the messenger, and the message is the one that's pure. Just want to give you the extra line there. But, they mar- he marveled at their unbelief. And they said this, which is very, de- very demeaning to a man in the, old, in the New Testament, Old Testament. He said, isn't he the son of Mary? If you read the Bible, and I know if you guys scan through your Bibles, 
you'll see, every time you see somebody, it says, son of a father. Son of a father. If you were here for Christmas, and we talked about how everyone thought that Jesus was illegitimate because Joseph wasn't his real dad. God was. And how Mary had to walk around scorned. Hey, that's the woman that had a child out of wedlock. So they're demeaning him in such a way. He's the son of Mary. Should have been, oh, isn't he the son of Joseph? Disrespecting. Because you usually identify with the father. Now, there's a couple words in here. In verse 4, it said, Jesus said to them, in your own household, oh, uh, he said to them, a prophet is not without honor in his hometown except his relatives in his own household. That word without honor means atomos in the Greek. It means to dishonor and to treat as common or ordinary. They thought that the God that was speaking to him was an ordinary guy delivering a message. When you dishonor somebody, you're just treating them as ordinary, common, no elevation, nothing. That's why it's great when we honor one another. When we honor people, we kind of lift people up. Because the opposite of that is honor, in the Greek was to me, to value, to respect, or to highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. Weighty or valuable. You put weight on that which you honor. And you see how they dishonored Jesus. The result was maybe a few people got their headaches cured. When I worked, looked in the Bible, all the other cities, they were getting people, lame were getting up and walk. The blind were seeing. Those who were paralyzed came to life. And then you're in your hometown, you have a headache? You result for a headache? And we saw something I've never seen in the Bible before. Because we're talking about all-powerful God, can do all things well. Everybody believe that. He's good. He always does good. But he's always going to be stunted because when you look at it, verse 5 says he could not do mighty work there. Lack of honor restrained Jesus. The lack of honor restrained Jesus. Now, we put it as unbelief. See, the problem with the presence of healing and the power to heal, the problem is not with God. The problem is of the vessel receiving. Dishonoring God, unbelief, restrains the blessings in our life. Isn't that amazing? Dishonor restrained him. And the honor he's talking about, not lip service. Because all true honor originates from your heart. It doesn't come out hearing and saying. I know a lot of people who say it, but their actions don't do it. And we're good at it. I'll take, I love you. And when you walk in the prophetic, that messes you up because you can tell, oh, no, no, they don't mean this. 
Isaiah 29, 13 says this. Isaiah said the people will do this. And the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and the fear of, of me is a commandment taught by men. So there's a story that I grew up on. Well, I really love sports. I love boxing before it just got crazy. All the stars seemed like die. Can't find any more Muhammad Ali's and Sugar Ray Leonard doesn't fight anymore. So now I got to go to MMA and, you know, I love wrestling because that's real. So, you know, John Cena is my man. So if you tell me he's not real, then I'll rebuke you in front of all these people. It was two, two gladiators coming together in boxing, one of the biggest matches in history. One was the champ of the world, but he never got the honor or the respect of being a champ. But he was fighting the one who was very honorable, had all the respect. And they, and they built it up that if you beat this man, you will become honorable in our eyes. And he respected this man. And it came together. And it was lopsided. In fact, the fighter who had no honor pulled back his punches so he wouldn't kill the guy he was in the ring with. Could have knocked him out. The guy landed, I think, within 12 rounds, 10 rounds, 10 rounds, 10 shots. And he remembered, I remember watching it on tape. He's hitting him, and he's telling the referee, stop it. He's hitting him, and he's telling the referee, stop it. In his own corner, the guy who's honorable was saying, go in there again, you can do it. And there was one man stood up, if you know his name, Angelo Dundee. He stopped the fight. One of the greatest managers in boxing said no more. The two boxers was Ali, after coming out of retirement for two years, his, his voice was slurred, he was slow, and Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes never received the honor he was chasing, but at his, at his uh, victory um, press conference, he cried. He said, I just, he was a legend. I respect him so much, I was not going to let him go down like that. I honor this guy. I've built my life like this guy. And he was hoping, they were hoping at the end he'll have honor, honor. He got more honor by his actions than what the press said. See, honor is not public. It's done behind the scenes. The one that supposed to honor the, the champ at that time, should have told him, you do not fight, champ. It's over. Now, you can become a promoter, but don't get in that ring any longer. He was a product. See? And that's what honor is. It originates from the heart. And when it came time for him to celebrate, I beat the man. I'm the guy. He's crying from his heart that I really, I'm not going to try to gain advantage on someone's disadvantage. And that's an awesome story. Happened in, in October 1980. If you want to go to YouTube, just look at it. When champs don't know when it's over, to quit. But the honor of the story is he honored him. And guys, that's what it is when we honor. We're called to honor a few folks. And when it talks about relationships, honor should be the utmost thing in our lives because it opens the door to blessings 
opens the doors to promotions, opens the door. But if we don't do it because of that, we do it because we love God. There's a few things, few people, sectors of people that we're called to honor. The first one is our parents. And the children are like, what? Exodus 20, 12, interesting passage here because it's in torn the Ten Commandments. This is the fifth commandment, which makes a turn to people. The first four are the honor to God. Second six is honor to people. But it starts off with your parents. This is to the children. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord God has given you. This is a commandment. Then we see it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. This is the first commandment with the promise. What is the promise? You'll live long. I didn't know what that meant when my parents told me, hey, if you, act, you don't act up, you'll live long. I didn't know it was biblical. They were shooting the Bible. If you mess up, <laughs> you're not going to be here much longer. I didn't know that was biblical. You know, Bill Cosby said, hey, I bet you're in this world. I'll take you out and have someone look just like you. But, you know, as this is our children, honor your parents. Now I'm going to say, how do we do that? How about this? Just thinking off the top of my head. Hey, how about taking out the trash before they ask you? Oh, the parents say, amen. <laughs> how about cleaning the house? Not because you want something. Because you love your parents. Now, parents, you got to be lovable and you got to be honorable. Doesn't mean that they have a free ride. They honor you because. But what it is, honor is this. Honor the position, not the behavior. But we are called to honor our parents. I always tell this to young couples or young ladies and guys. You, when you're dating or you're courting, see how, the, see how the other honors their parents. Because if they dishonor their parents, they're going to dishonor you. Because they dishonor their parents, they're going to dishonor the authorities, whatever they work, and we're getting there. But honor, he threw that in the Ten Commandments when he was trying to build a nation on being a distinct people. The Jews were distinct, called by God, the distinct people. Here's your distinctive. One of your distinctives, honor your parents. So when they come into a church or they see you out in the street and they know you, you have the, you have the um, a marker on your car saying that I'm a Christian, they better see you honoring one another, especially in the homes. Young people don't understand. If you don't honor your parents, no one's going to honor you when you leave out here to work. Because you got to receive honor, you got to give honor. And we try to make it complicated, it isn't. There's one word when you talk about commandments. Just obey. Write that down. You guys got pens and pencils to write this down? That means y'all know everything I'm saying, and it's just you guys got great memories. Otherwise, I'm saying that doesn't make any sense, or you really don't care. I'm, I'm, you know I'm talking to. I've been talking to guys this last three weeks, and I have a heart for young guys. Burn that in your, in your hearts. Because I'm big daddy. 
I learned that in the military. The master son said, I'm your daddy now. Yeah. I didn't do it right away. They took a whole lot of money from me. I learned real quick who my daddy was. When you get a $5 check in the military, that's tough. When you have a $300 worth of bills, $5 check because I dishonored the military. Five dollars. I said, five dollars. How's a guy supposed to live off five dollars? You got a meal card. Go sit there and eat. So I learned on it quick. Wow, yeah. Learn it quick. I thought I was somebody because my parents weren't around. They said, well, we're here now. Second one is, which is huge. Get this one. Our supervisors. Our workplace. Oh. Timothy 6.1 says this, Let all who are under a yoke of bondservant, as a bondservant, regard his own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. That is amazing, that me being honorable, God gets the credit. Now, I had a history with this when, before I was a believer in the military, and I had a, I had a problem with some of the, those who said they were Christians. They put the music up there, and they sit there in their cubicles, and here, Jesus is Lord. They wouldn't work. And every time you ask them to work, they say, hey, why are you persecuting me? Because you, you need to work. And I, you know what my response was? I don't want nothing to do with that God. If that's how you act, becoming a believer, forget about it. Versus I'm the one who should be early. I'm the one who should be the last one to leave. I'm the one that helping everybody. Why? Because I'm working unto the Lord, not unto people. And it said this, destroying your supervisor results in the slander of God's name and those outside the church. So the supervisors that you, or the, the businesses that you're in, they're blessed because you're there. I always hear this all the time. God, get me out of this God-forsaken business. Why? Aren't you the one that's supposed to bring the light? If you leave, darkness will overtake. You're there to make a difference. That's why I put you there. I trust you there. That's why I put you there. And here's the deal. If you do well there, I'll give you a bigger place to go to. That's worse. (laughs) You're promoted now. It's not going on the beach and hanging out. You got more people to deal with. And guess what? They're making you holy. Because when you're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, you're not just saying it. You got to do it. Peace. What? Love. You better go in your car and pray a little bit. Yeah, someone, oh God, I can't. Exactly right. And you say, how are we going to change the world? You get to go as an evangelist to every single workplace. If you know Jesus, Jesus said, as I sent, as I sent, God told, I sent you Jesus. Jesus says, now I've been sent, now I'm sending you. Now where am I sending you? To your workplace. Some of y'all have the worst places to work, don't you? And you're wondering, you're praying for God to get you out of it. Here's the answer. Bless your way out of it. Oh, y'all don't want to hear that one. It's exactly right. Used to be when you heard a believer was coming. Oh, yeah, this is going to be good. They're blessed. Because we're blessed to be a what? That doesn't just work on Sunday mornings. It really starts to work Monday through Friday when they slam the door on your face. 
and they curse around you. But you'd be surprised you stick around long, they'll start apologizing for the cursing. Where'd that come from? Not for you saying anything, the Spirit of God in you. It's finally in the place it needs to be. So we need, and don't be in the line bashing your boss. Because, again, you don't honor your father. You don't honor your your supervisor. Whatever disrespect or dishonor you have in your household, you're going to pass it generation to generation. You'll come home and say, how come my children are are not honoring me? Well, you didn't honor your boss. They heard you bash your boss. They figured that was normal things to do. Now, if you have an unbelieving boss, guess what? He's supposed to act that way. (laughs) He doesn't know any better. Bible says we're helpless and harassed without, without Christ. Sheep without a shepherd. And read up on sheep. We're not the smartest people in the world. Could have managed an eagle. That was a whole lot better. But it's all about God and you representing him in your workplace. Our supervisors. So when you show up on time or early and you leave late and you are a blessing versus I mean, let's one this way. You're an asset versus a, versus a liability. As one guy told me, he says, I love some people who are assets to my company, not liabilities. That means I don't have to spend a lot of time on them. They're here to promote the company, and they're here to support me. Now, you don't, again, do not honor the behavior. Don't look at the behavior honoring the position. And you're doing it for the glory of God. So when they see God in you, they're going to want to know that God that's in you versus the opposite. And now I hope you feel better when you go to your workplace tomorrow. Don't say anything. I hate this place. Don't put a car. I hope they change my job. No, because we're going to pray, Lord, let them shine in that place. Next one is our church leaders. 1 Timothy 5, 17. Let the elders who rule to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Double honor, double honor. And if you look in this context, they were talking Timothy, young Timothy. Paul was talking to Timothy. Some of it, some of the uh, writers said it's about finances, but really it's about making a joy that you honor those who God has chosen. One thing I love about King David He had the worst boss, you can call, the worst king, King Saul, who was trying to kill him at every step. He honored that man because he knew that one thing, God put him there, and God will take him out if he needs to. But he's on God's timing. When you show honor, it says in the Bible, when you you, um, show honor to a righteous man, and you receive a righteous man because he's righteous, you receive a righteous reward. When you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. But again, we don't do it to get something. We're just showing honor to those who spend their lives helping you. Now I'm not talking, I'm talking about all our leaders here who get up here at 6 o'clock in the mornings and work and, and sing and to get everyone ready to go. And the guys who are here turn on all the electric and all that stuff and honor them. Those children's workers you don't see, go on to them on the way out the door. Thank you for blessing us. And here's the thing. If you see something that's missing or there's a complaint, here's my philosophy on it. You got three recommendations on a fix. 
If you got three recommendations on the fix, then you're the new CEO of the fix. Because we don't need to raise up complainers. We need to raise up fixers. So when he talks about that, I feel weird sometimes even talking about that. Because it's not about me. It's about God being honored. And when you honor your leaders in the church, God will honor you. Last one is honor one another. Romans 12, 10. Love one another with a brotherly affection. This is another one. Outdo one another in, a sh- in showing honor. Outdo one another. How's, what does that look like? <laughs> I'll tell you what it looks like. Because I tell you, everyone likes to wear a dress. Best say yeah. I get a lot of compliments for the way I put my stuff together. I don't do this. Miss Donna does this. And it's interesting when we go and she she makes me a meal, makes me a plate before everyone else. Some people ask, why do you do that? Well, she wants to give me double. I said, she works full time. Y'all don't know. She works full time in the military. I mean, for the military. She's out. She's retired. She comes home. We're not going to go out and eat, so she makes meals for the whole week. Then she sees the ladies all week. And then she got to dress me this week. Because I asked her this morning, honey, is these brown or black? I'm not sure. Because I can't see. I lost my paint. There we go. All right. I can't see. But she outdoes me in showing honor. And a lot of times I, I miss it. But that's what happens in a marriage. We were at a, a life group party the other day, and we have one person who wants to give honor to people, and then we had to make her sit down so that other people can honor her, outdoing one another. I'm getting in the kitchen. No, you get sit down in that kitchen. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and it was tough. That's what it looks like when a family of God outdo each other with honor. Showing each other honor. Showing us each other love. Perf- outdoing means to prefer one another, not just yourselves. So I'm the last to think about it, but God's always making me I'm the first to receive it. So when I think, and when we start to think, we think about other people, not first, not those or myself. You outdo one another. Outbless one another. And then you'll be surprised. Those who are outside are trying to figure out who is this God that they celebrate on Sundays. Now, here is a practical tip this Sunday afternoon. Okay? And I hear this from people in the workplace. When you leave here and you don't have food at the house to eat, and you go out to eat, leave an offering, not a tip and a criticism. Here is the take on Christians that we are the worst tippers on Sunday. You ought to go ahead and and just really interview those employees because we get critical. After we love you, Lord, we love people. Hey, you you know this thing's a little cold? You want to get it together? What's wrong with you? And then, here's a dollar. She'll never come back to this place again. 
And they already know. I don't even want, they don't even want to work this hour. They said, they're coming in. I don't want to work. I want to work Saturday night. At least they're drunk and they give me money. And we're drunk in the Holy Spirit and we don't give them anything. God put a spiritual law together. It says this. You know how we know the kingdom is about sowing and reaping. Giving, it'll be giving back to you. He put a spiritual law in place starting in the Old Testament. It goes to 1 Samuel 2.30. Listen to this. Therefore, Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promise that your house and your house of your father should go in and out before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will what? And those who despise me shall be what? So you want to satisfy getting your headache healed? You want to be satisfied on just surviving in this life or versus thriving in that? Lightly esteemed, that means you're just getting the crumbs. But I want the bread so I can give the bread. I don't want to be recognized as someone just surviving on this, on this, on this earth. I want when people see us, they see a, a people of, with honor and preferring one another. And they're the best workers on the job. And the kids love their parents beyond anything. They don't get nice because they want a car. They're just nice because they're nice. Some of you college students, write your mothers and fathers and say, thank you for footing this bill, because I know y'all don't have any money. <laughs> they need to know that. They need to know you love them, because you honor them, and you receive an honor's reward. That's what it is. You receive an honor's reward when you honor God. But if you don't honor God, you just lightly esteem. You get lightly esteemed. I don't want to just go. How many don't want to just survive any longer? How many want to really thrive in God? How many want their lives permanently changed? And all it is is a switch. When we ask people to serve, we're helping you honor God. We're not saying, oh, take away from one thing. We're saying, join in, serve. When we ask you to show up every Sunday so you can be a blessing to other people, you might have a word for someone that they'll miss it. But you know, I'll come when I want. I'll come when I need to. Not for you, it's for other people. Remember, we talked about that, what love is. It's for other folks. You might not feel good, but deliver that word for someone who needs it. You'll be on top of the world because as you give, you'll receive. When we talk about honor, it's all about love. When we did this series talking about love, and all, you know, there's a lot of good scriptures, but really, Love and action, it's those things, mosaic, generational, honor. Unless you spend time in the military, that word might be foreign to you. But go look it up in your Bibles, what it means. We need to build a culture of honor. So our city and our state and our nation will thrive, not survive.